Our bodies have what's called an endocannabinoid system, which means that we have receptors built to take cannabis. And it's really cool because the cannabis molecules, they attach the same pain receptors in our brain as opioid pain medication does, meaning that it can provide the same or similar relief as opioid pain medication. And I know it's not legal everywhere, but broad spectrum CBD is. Hi, and welcome to the Endo Babe podcast. I'm your host, Chelsea Bree. I'm an ultrasound tech turned endometriosis coach, positivity and self-love advocate, a seven on the Enneagram, and I am a proud dog mom. And I'm on a mission to help you live more positively with endometriosis and be happy in your body. On the Endo Babe podcast, we're going to dive deep into all things endometriosis, mindset, self-love, health, and so much more. This is a badass podcast for badass endo babes. And I want you to leave this podcast feeling inspired and empowered on your own health journey with more confidence and the belief that you too can have more good days than bad. Are you with me, babes? See you in the podcast. This episode is brought to you by MJoy. MJoy is an audio well-being app specialized in female pleasure and sexual wellness with science-backed content. Their purpose is to normalize female sexual well-being as a key part of wider well-being and self-care. MJoy is helping over 300,000 women achieve sexual well-being goals such as increasing their libido, climaxing consistently, learning new techniques, and having more fulfilling relationships. The app has over 500 audios of science-backed content created by sex and relationship experts. With over 200 sexy stories, they also have fantasies for any desire. Whether you're new to exploring yourself, wanting to spice things up, or just wanting to improve your mental health and self-care routine, MJoy has something for you. There's even a collection about endometriosis by yours truly in the app. And for EndoBabe podcast listeners, we have teamed up to give you a free 14-day trial of the app. Click the link in the show notes to get your free trial now. Welcome to another episode of the EndoBabe podcast. Today, I wanted to talk about my top tips to help you when you're having period and ovulation pain, things that help me, things that have helped my past clients, um, especially when that pain hits and you're just grasping for anything that will help. So I have 10 different tips and they range from short-term and long-term ways to manage pain and help support your body. My number one is taking an Epsom salt bath. So Epsom salt basically contains magnesium and sulfate. Magnesium has been shown to reduce uterine cramping, and it can also help reduce swelling from inflammatory conditions such as endometriosis. My favorite way to take an Epsom salt bath is with lavender and peppermint essential oils, which helps me relax and helps my achy, throbby like muscles when I'm having a flare, my pelvic floor, my low back, everything just kind of tenses up. I get the shooting leg pain. Um, and putting myself, immersing myself in like a hot Epsom salt bath with lavender and peppermint essential oils is almost like a surefire way for my flare to ease or my muscles to stop like clamping down. Um, if you don't have a bath, sometimes even just a really hot shower helps. Um, eucalyptus is also another great essential oil. It's just calming and relaxing. Um, some people like hang actual eucalyptus on their shower head just because it's amazing for you. But that is my number one tip is 
when I, whenever I start feeling that endometriosis flare pain coming on, I get into the bath. If I'm out and about and I can't just hop in the bath, I always have tiger balm pain patches on me. They are seriously a godsend. They work hundred percent better than any other kind of pain patch, like icy hot. You can get these on Amazon at Walmart, literally any pharmacy store. They're amazing. They're one of the only ones that I feel like can penetrate deeply and like get my like deep ovulation pain. A lot of my pain is on my left side. I've had endometriosis and adhesions trap my bowel over there, which has like weakened my psoas muscle on that side. So I get hip pain and putting tiger balm patches. I feel like it radiates all the way to the back, which is amazing. (laughs) Um, They're my favorite like non CBD THC ones. Um, for that reason, I never leave my house without tiger bone pain patches. So that was number two. Another thing that really helped me is tracking my cycle and just knowing where I am at in my cycle. And that's what helped me discover that a lot of my pain was from during ovulation, during and around ovulation. Something I've been doing a lot recently is doing like my basal body temperature. Um, I bought like a $12 basal body temperature thermometer on Amazon and just like tracking that to see like what my body is doing during my cycle has been really beneficial. I highly recommend it if you have, if you don't have one, it's just like an oral, you take it like in the morning, you put it under your tongue and just take your normal body temperature before you've gotten out of bed to do anything just so you can get like a good base. It's just been nice to like be able to see my temperature like rise and dip and when I'm actually ovulating, it was like 14 bucks or 12 bucks on Amazon. I've been like contemplating getting that really expensive Daisy one for like years (laughs) Um, and then I, I found a cheap one on Amazon and I think it works just fine. I'll link it in the show notes, or you can just Google or Amazon search basal body temperature thermometer. If you are interested in doing one of that, doing that as well. Um, but that was super helpful for me and knowing like, oh, I have all of this pain, like not, I didn't think it was regulated to my not around my period, you know, but it's around ovulation. Um, so knowing that and having that knowledge, knowledge is power. Um, another thing that helps a lot of people are TENS machines, right? And so those are electrical nerve stimulation units and they send vibrations that can relax muscles. A lot of women with endometriosis have found them to be helpful. You can get one on Amazon for like $30. There's fancy ones that are designed for women without pelvic pain, but in reality, they're all the same, right? So like if you haven't tried one and you don't want to fork out like a hundred dollars for something that might not work, grab one on Amazon. You can probably find one at like any pharmacy store as well. I tried the really expensive one and it didn't do anything for me. So my recommendation would be to try the cheap one. And if it's helpful for you, amazing. And if you feel like you want the expensive one, you do you boo-boo. Because yeah, everybody's different, but TENS units for some people are godsend. And you might be one of those people. So I would recommend at least trying it. Um, But you don't have to fork out all this money for something that might not work. So um, another thing that I don't really see people talking about often that was really helpful for me 
is alternating ice and heat, right? Because the benefits of ice is that it's a vasoconstriction, which means the blood vessels close, which can lower inflammation and reduce pain signals. You're supposed to do ice on and off for like 20 minutes. And like with an injury or something, the rule of thumb is ice first, heat later. But what worked for me, and this is something that I did like after excision surgery, right? Because that is an injury is I iced. And then once the swelling went down, I did heat, right? Because benefits of heat is causes vasodilation. So it's the opposite of ice, which increases circulation, which is good for healing, but it, in doing so, it can help reduce pain and relieve cramping. So they really work re- well together. So I'd recommend that like alternating if you're about to have surgery or if you haven't tried ice, I'd highly recommend it. Something that is also really helpful is weed and CBD, THC and CBD. They have powerful anti-inflammatory properties. Cannabis is a powerful pain reliever that's non-addictive and it doesn't harm your liver like traditional pain medications. Our bodies have what's called an endocannabinoid system, which means that we have receptors built to take cannabis. And it's really cool because the cannabis molecules, they attach the same pain receptors in our brain as opioid pain medication does, meaning that it can provide the same or similar relief as opioid pain medication. And I know it's not legal everywhere, but broad spectrum CBD is, and CBD, that's CBD that has no THC in it. So if you're somewhere where THC isn't available, CBD is also a great option. That's something that I really used after excision surgery. For personal reasons, um, I decided I didn't want to do any kind of opioid pain medication after surgery. And so I did edibles instead. And I felt like my recovery was a lot faster. I didn't get constipated like I did for my two first surgeries, which caused so much more pain. The first two times, my third surgery, excision surgery, I felt like I healed so much easier. And I don't know if it was because I wasn't on any opioid pain medication. I was only on um, THC and CBD, but it worked, worked for me at least. And I know a lot of people that have endometriosis, it also works for them. Um, So if that's something that is available to you and you are open to trying it, I would highly, highly recommend it. Another thing that really helps me and my body when I have like period and ovulation pain is supporting my diet, right? So making sure my blood sugar is balanced by eating enough food, not spacing it out too long and eating like the right amounts of food. So making sure you're getting like proteins and carbs and fats at every meal, and just making everything balanced so you don't have these like spikes and crashes and your blood sugar, which is not good for you or your endometriosis pain. Um, eating less processed food was also a big one for me. Obviously, chips are one of my favorites. I can't, I haven't made the choice to give them up yet. <laughs> um, but really focusing on eating 80, 90% whole foods. Eli is a huge hunter. So we get like a lot of game meat, sustainably sourced game meat um, that he butchers himself. And then we have that to eat all year. Fruits and vegetables. We just bought a house. So I'm going to be like having a garden here so we can eat all of our own vegetables from our garden, just so we know where everything is coming from. 
eating like 80% that way and then 20%, 10%, somewhere in there of chips and processed foods and things that are like that feed my soul <laughs> that don't feed my body, right? Like we aren't perfect. You don't have to be perfect. The goal with everything that we do is progress, not perfection, right? And eating really well 80, 90% of the time and not really well 10 to 20% of the time is going to help you get there and feel better. Right? And I guess this also kind of ties into that, but it's like knowing your trigger foods, right? For some people, eating dairy is completely detrimental and it used to be for me. Gluten still is. I actually haven't tried not eating gluten yet, but it's on my list of things that I want to do. I'm going to attempt because my gut is better, right? So I've worked these last couple of years and like healing my gut. And so now we added in like regular dairy this year. And I still have a histamine reaction to lactose, but I can have like low lactose cheeses like cheddar and Parmesan and Swiss and Brie. Um, most hard cheeses have really low levels of lactose. We also found this cottage cheese by good culture. Um, that's lactose free. It essentially just has lactate enzyme in it. So I'm not really sure what that means, but I can have that without getting a histamine reaction. None of it aggravates my endometriosis anymore, but the histamine reaction, having like high levels of histamine and mast cells can cause more inflammation and that can aggravate endo. Right. So I just kind of stay away from lactose, but I've started adding in more like good dairy, which has been really good for my gut as well. Um, and I haven't tried been like hardcore gluten-free since 2014, because after two surgeries, I was still in immense amounts of pain. And so I ended up doing like an elimination thing and I, well, I found the endo diet and it was overwhelming. So I just cut out gluten because that seemed the easiest and my pain like drastically reduced within like a month. Right. And because of that, like I've just avoided gluten and I've been glutened. <laughs> In these last couple of years, I think the last time was at my cousin's wedding in like 2018. Um, and I know like immediately my endometriosis is like glass shards sliding down my insides and I get the bloat. But I recently learned that sourdough that's been fermented for people that have a gluten intolerance can be tolerated sometimes, but you have to make sure you get the bread that has actual sourdough starter. So it does the actual fermentation instead of sour flavoring, which a lot of companies do is they just add a flavoring, the sour flavoring to bread. And I haven't quite found, well, I honestly haven't looked very hard, but it's on my list of things that I'm going to be trying because my gut isn't as aggravated, right? I'm wondering if I'm going to be able to tolerate some sourdough bread, which would be beautiful, but maybe I should just make my own. That's probably the easiest way. But yeah, just focusing on supporting my diet and eating things that are going to nourish my body and nourish my soul, right? So I just kind of went on a rant. But if I do want to preface and say, like, yes, I'm trying all these things after I like hardcore cut them out of my diet for a while, but I needed to hardcore core cut them out of my diet to heal my gut, right? And to like heal in general. And I'm slowly adding things back in. Please don't compare your day one to my day, like to my year 
eight or nine, right? All of this is a process and like learning what works for your body is a process and we're all unique, right? Gluten might not aggravate you at all. Dairy might not aggravate you at all, but they did for me at one point in my life, right? And that doesn't mean that they're always going to be that way. It just means that it is aggravating right now and learning what you can do for your body in the moment right now to make it feel better and to improve your quality of life is the goal of everything, right? And so that is what this is all about, supporting your diet to help you feel good in the moment right now, right? And heal your gut so you can feel better in the future. Another part of diet that is really important is focusing on omega-3s and fiber, right? Omega-3 fatty acids help reduce inflammation and they aid in the immune system function. And then fiber is essential for a healthy gut, right? And helping us excrete hormones and toxins and things out our bowels that are supposed to be excreted that way, right? And another part of the diet is staying hydrated, right? Especially on a flare day. Cause I know for me, I have coped with my pain in a way that I don't realize that I'm in so much pain until I'm nauseous, right? I've become so detached from that pain and it's a healthy coping coping mechanism, like a healthy way to cope with the pain, but I get nauseous when I have bad flares, right? And so making sure you stay hydrated when you are in the middle of the flare is important. So even like a little sips of Pedialyte or electrolyte drink mix, even if it comes back up, will rehydrate you. So that was number seven is really supporting your your diet during a flare, around your period, throughout this season of your life so that you can feel better now and then feel better in the future as well. Right. Number eight is making sure you're sleeping more, right? Sleep can clear out damaged cells and toxins in your brain, protect against degenerative brain disorders, strengthen pathways between cells, right? And it's just overall good for your mind, body, and soul, especially when you're in so much pain. So focusing on sleeping instead of guilting yourself into doing things to feel productive when you're in pain, is going to help you heal faster. I like listening to my body when I do have those pain days and I, that is a binge TV day, you know, or I lay down and nap or I read a book or I go lay outside with the dogs you know, on the days that I am able to do things like that, right? I let my body have the rest that it needs so it can work on healing because it's fighting so hard to help me feel better. I want to support it in any way that I can. Prioritizing sleep is a huge part of that. And another thing that has really helped is stretching and moving my body, right? Even just going on walks, Right. At one point in my journey, I was able to run. Sometimes I can't because it jars my stomach. Sometimes I can ride a bike. Sometimes it makes my pelvic floor clamp down. You know, it's just figuring out how I can support my body and moving it every day, whether it's walking, laying in bed, stretching, any of that, doing some yoga, doing some stretches on my living room floor. You know, it's good for your body to move, right? It releases endorphins. Endorphins are good for your mood. 
They prevent stress and depression. They lower inflammation. They can lower your pain. Brings more blood flow to your organs, right? Sending oxygen and nutrient-rich blood to the areas of inflammation and pain, right? It's also really important in balancing your hormones because it can lower estrogen levels in the body. Even going for a walk, you know, I've talked to a lot of people like you have like a idea of what exercise is in your brain and they don't count walking as exercise, but it totally is. There's so many benefits to just walking, right? It increases blood flow to the brain and increases creativity, has a positive impact on your mood, can enhance circulation. It can support lymphatic drainage, can help balance your blood sugar, can reduce your risk of heart disease by like 50% or something like that. Right? It improves your bone density and supports your immune system. It can help reduce stress hormone cortisol. There's so many benefits to just walking. And if you're in a severe pain flare and walking isn't even available to you at that time, finding gentle movements or stretches that can help support your pelvis and help support your lower back is also beneficial. Whatever you do, make sure you do a little bit of movement every single day. I feel like I talk about this a lot and I wish I could remember who it was on Instagram, but she was showing, she's like a chronic illness advocate. And she was showing ways that like she was hospitalized and how she still like kept movement every day. She was doing like flutter kicks in her bed and doing like stretches in her bed um, because things like that, it doesn't feel like an exercise or whatever, but it's movement and moving your body is helping your body. Um, and another thing, last thing, the last thing that I feel like <clears throat> really helped me when I was having bad period and ovulation page was seed cycling. So seed cycling is a naturopathic remedy that helps bring your cycle back to the natural cyclic balance of estrogen and progesterone in your body, right? It can reduce signs of hormone imbalance in about two or three months. Right. And what you essentially do with it is you rotate different seeds throughout your cycle to bring back that natural cyclic balance. And so it's really beneficial for anybody that has signs of hormone imbalance, like irregular, heavy periods, no periods, painful periods, hormonal acne, PMS, ovarian cyst, cyclic breast tenderness, infertility, et cetera. Right. And you essentially, you begin on the first day of your period, or if you don't have a period, you begin on the new moon. And you consume one tablespoon of raw ground flaxseed and one tablespoon of raw pumpkin seeds daily. You're going to do this for 14 days. So for the first phase of your period from period day one to ovulation. And then the second phase of your period is day 15 to or day ovulation, right? Or if you're unsure, you begin on the full moon and then you end on day 29 and you begin the first phase again. But for the second phase, you consume one tablespoon of raw ground sesame seeds and one tablespoon of raw sunflower seeds daily, right? So the first phase is flax and pumpkin seeds. The second phase is sesame and sunflower. And what this does is it helps bring back that natural balance of estrogen and progesterone in your body and help support your body in creating these hormones to help have normal pain-free cycle. Um, I did that. I came off birth control in 2018. I had an IUD, 
well, two for over the course of eight years. So from like 2010 to 2018. And so I came off birth control in 2018 and I did this immediately just to kind of help support my body when I was coming off of birth control and within the first couple months. And since 2018, I've had regular periods, regular cycles every single month. And my periods are like three to four days, three to five days, excuse me. And I usually only have like one really heavy day, but they're like clockwork every single month. And so I think that this really helped support my cycle because before the reason I got an IUD was because I used to have like two week long periods where I was heavy, heavy clots. I was almost getting anemic um, and they weren't necessarily painful. They were just really, really heavy. And so I went on an IUD and then I didn't have a period at all for like eight years, which probably wasn't great for my body, but it is what it is. And then coming off, just being able to support my body with these seeds and helping it get back into that cyclic rhythm of estrogen and progesterone, right? I've had normal cycles since then. Um, So if you are coming off birth control, they say it takes like two to three months of doing this consistently to help regulate your hormones. But for me, it worked and it may work for you too. Um, So these are just some of my tips, my top tips for period and ovulation pain, some things that have helped me and things that have helped clients in the past. So we'll go over them again, hot Epsom salt baths, tiger balm patches. I'm going to give an honorable mention right now to the Menses CBD pain patch. I'm going to also get those on Amazon. They were the only CBD pad. They actually, they're really sticky. They stick on for a long time. And they also, I feel like they penetrate deeply. So those were an honorable mention. Number three is tracking your cycle to know, just know your body, learn your body, right? A TENS machine can be helpful. That was number four. Alternating ice and heat was number five. Experimenting with THC and CBD. That was six. Number seven is supporting your diet. Number eight was prioritizing sleep. Number nine is moving your body. And number 10 was seed cycling. I'm so grateful for every single one of you. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast every week. I can't believe it. We're almost at 100,000 downloads, which is fucking insane. I am without words. So grateful for all of you. Thank you for riding along on this journey with me. Um, if you go over to our podcast IG, which is at Endobabe Podcast, we're going to be doing a Endobabe journal giveaway for 100K. Look out for that over there. If you want to say hi, slide in our DMs over there and say hello. And if there's anybody that you'd like to be a podcast guest, or if you'd like to be a podcast guest, let me know in the DMs over on the Instagram page. I love you all. And I'll catch you on the next episode of the Endobabe podcast. Oh, babe, thank you so much for taking the time to listen today. I had so much fun and I'm so fucking grateful for every single one of you. If you thought that this was helpful or you loved any part of this podcast, I would love, love, love for you to screenshot it and post it on Instagram at Chelsea Bree, C-H-E-L-S-E-A-A-B-R-I and tag me. I would love to see what you're getting out of the episodes. It makes me so happy. I would also love it if you'd subscribe to the podcast and leave a review because that just helps other wonderful endo babes find me as well. I adore you and I believe that you don't deserve to feel like shit. 
you deserve to have a normal life despite endometriosis. So I love you so much and I hope you have a wonderful day and I'll catch you on next week's episode of the Endo Babe Podcast.